Ford. Jose. Let us pray. Assist us mercifully with your help, O Lord God, of our salvation, that we may enter into joy upon the contemplation of those mighty acts whereby you've given us life and immortality through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before the before and those who cried out, those who, and those who followed cried out, saying, "Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest!" And when Jesus had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise be to thee, Lord, Lord Christ. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. On this day he entered the holy city of Jerusalem. Right. Proclaimed as king of kings by those who spread their garments and the branches of palm along his way. Let these branches be for us signs of his victory, and grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as our king, follow him in the way that leads to eternal life. Who lives and reigns in glory with you in the Holy 
Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let us go forth in peace. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm Hosanna, Hosanna, up, Sammy Dog, Hosanna in the highest. Up your name with our hearts filled with praise. We exalt you, Lord we lift up your name with our hearts filled with praise. We exalt you, O Lord our God. Hosanna, Hosanna, 
comes in the name of the Lord. It's of righteousness. I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifices with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, I will exalt you. I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. 
Let us pray. Almighty God, whose dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's go and wind up the door.
to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. 
mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and also share in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Children. You all look lovely this morning. The mighty army. (laughs) All right. Stretch out your hands and pray with me for these young people as they go off to Sunday school. Heavenly Father, we ask your special blessing on these children today as they're in Sunday school, Lord, and their whole life as they go out. Lord, as we celebrate this great holy week, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. This morning's first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, verses 4 through 9. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as a learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. Nor did I turn away. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. He is near who justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near me. Surely the Lord God will keep me. Who is he who will condemn me? Indeed, they will all grow old like a garment, and the moth will eat them up. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning's psalm is Psalm 31. We'll read responsibly by the whole verse. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy. For you have considered my trouble. You have 
Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief, yes, my soul and my body. For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, and my bones waste away. I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man, out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side. While they take counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Do not let me be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon you. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak insolent things, proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is your goodness! When you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the thoughts of men. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongue. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. Love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all of you who hope in the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. Amen. This morning's New Testament reading comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Christ became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. You may be seated. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that he was condemned... He repented and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned and betrayed innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful for us to put them into the treasury, since they are blood." So they took counsel and brought with them, bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of, of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel. And they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governors wondered greatly. Now, at the feast, the governor was accustomed to, to release for the crowd what, any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had been a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the people to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? They all answered, Let him be crucified. And Pilate said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. 
And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus to the praetorium, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe upon him, and plaiting a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat upon him, and took the reed, and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, and put his own clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they came upon a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. This man they compelled to carry his cross. Please stand. And when they had come to a, and when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink, and mingled it with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross. We will believe in him. He trusts God. Let God deliver him. Now. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lamat shemakai. That is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the, centur the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake, and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this man was the Son of God.
You may be seated. actually from the New Living Translation, so we're going to also put it up on the screen for you. But um, it's an exciting day. Amen. It's an exciting day. So Heavenly Father, I come to you in the mighty and strong name of my Lord Jesus Christ, asking you to anoint us this morning to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Amen. You know, if you were living in Jerusalem several thousand, several thousand years ago, you would have woke up this morning, and it would have been just like any other morning. Got out of bed, put your clothes on, drug a comb, washed your head, went outstairs, went downstairs, out into the street to start your day. Something all of a sudden was different. There was a commotion going on, and in that commotion, as people were running around, they were they were crying out, and so you stopped them. What's going on? And they said, Oh, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. And suddenly the day was altogether different than you had ever thought it was going to be, because it started off just like a regular day. Before it's over, tables are going to be overturned in the temple, and and quite a week had been inaugurated. At the beginning of the week, they're crying, Hosanna. By the end of the week, they're going to cry, crucify him. How quickly the crowd turns. But that wasn't the end of the story. The next week began with resurrection. It was Easter Sunday. And so this morning I want us to take a little deeper look and go beyond that part of the story. Because that's that's really the part of the story we uh, all pretty much know. But there's some other things that took place in the story. And I want to just peel back some layers and look at them. There's always players in a story. It's rarely just one person. There's always players to the story. And so there's several elements or aspects that we're going to look at this morning because we all love a champion. You know, we love to see our our team win and uh, see the ticker tape parades and all the things that take place when there's a, a triumphant entry into the city. And what we call this triumphant entry, God has that for us. He wants us to triumphantly enter our cities. And so that's what I want us to take a peek at today. So let's begin with, uh, let's just say the elements of the story. The first one I want you to look at is the disciples. The disciples. Matthew 21, verse 1 says, 
And Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem. They came down to Bethpage, the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. Now, this was not the first time these disciples had heard a command like this. They were, they were finally getting it. <laughs> but they had heard Jesus tell them to go feed the 5,000. Here, you take the, the bread. You go feed them. And when Lazarus was raised from the tomb, Jesus spoke life into Lazarus, called him forward. But then he said to those around, he says, you unbind them. And so it's, it's not the first time they've had a command like this. Untie them and bring them to me. Interesting, it's not just go untie the colt, but untie them. This cult's mama. God loves mamas. Let me just talk to you mamas for a minute. I know it's not Mother's Day, but let me just do this. God loves mamas. And he wanted this mama donkey to be able to watch her kid be used by the Lord. To see him walk forth into his destiny. As he entered the city. So God has a purpose for them, but this mom gets to experience it. Not unlike another mother that was there. As Mary watched her son enter the city. And you moms know that watching your son come into all that that he's destined for and fulfill his purpose. Sometimes it can be pretty tough. Sometimes it can be traumatic. You know, what are my kids doing? <laughs> and it was no different. And so Jesus tells the disciples, you go untie them and bring them to me. So what is the work of these disciples? He gives them some work to do. So I want to just draw an analogy because if God has a triumphant life for us to enter into, there are some things that have us bound. Some things that need to be untied. And so he, he speaks to the disciples, to the church today. And he's, he's still saying, go untie them. Go loose them. So I'm just going to give you a, just a bullet list here. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. But what are the things that tie us up today? Fear. Fear is perhaps maybe the, one of the most, uh, or maybe the, the largest things that keeps us from entering into our destiny. Because fear is the thief of destiny. 
You'll never step forward. You'll never, you're always afraid to just move into it. Another one is debt. You know, debtor's prison is still a very real thing. Maybe not the way it used to be. Today we put ourselves in debtor's prison, and then we live a life of stress. And perhaps one of the uh, most used disciples of the Lord today to set people free from that is a guy named Dave Ramsey. And uh, if you're not familiar with him, and you're living a life of stress because of your debt, uh, you may want to look up Dave Ramsey and uh, get free. Another one is victim mentality. It's everything is about me. Oh, woe is me. And so there's never a place that you can sacrifice for the common good and, and give to others. It's because you're, you're always feel like everybody's after you. You're always the victim in a situation. Another one is a sense of entitlement that has people bound up. I deserve this. Why should I have to work for it? It should just be given to me free. Why? I deserve it after all. I shouldn't have to work so hard. Isolation. People are bound up by isolation. Let me just put it this way. If your social life is limited to social media, you do not have a proper perspective on what's going on in the world. <laughs> Let alone your own sphere of influence, your own life. You need to be with people. You need home groups. You need to participate. You need to be in church. You need to be with the people of God so you can be loose from the things that bind you. Isolation will also lead you to loneliness. Another thing that has people bound is a lack of purpose. A lack of purpose. The scripture says that without a vision, people die. People perish. You've got to have a sense of destiny so you can walk out to it. A life filled with purpose is an exciting life. It's a, a triumphant life, and God has a triumphant life for you to enter into. Now, that leads us to one more. Feeling less than. Feeling less than. You, like, I can never measure up. I'm not as good as so-and-so. I don't really fit in over here. I don't. It's, it's a feeling of less than. And that kind of leads us to our, our second point as we tear back the layers. So this morning, number two, not only are there disciples in this story, but there are donkeys in the story. <laughs> Verse 2 of Matthew 21. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its coat beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks, 
what you are doing, just say, the Lord has need of them. The Lord has need of them. Jesus not only wants you to be free from the things that have bound you, he not only sends his church to, to minister and help loose you from those things, but he has need of you. That's why he's doing it. He needed that little colt. He needed that donkey. Let me just let me just bring it to maybe the King James version. He needed the jackass. <laughs> That's the deal. The Lord has need of them. See, what you've got to see is this this little cult was uniquely created just for this purpose. Talk about a purpose-driven life. Just for this purpose. He wasn't going to grow up and be a horse. He wasn't going to grow up and be an elephant. He was a donkey. And it's okay to be a donkey if that's what God's created you to be. It's okay. So let's look at Psalm 139, because I want you to see the unique creation. Psalm 139, verse 13 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. You see that? You were uniquely created. You don't have to walk in anyone else's shoes. You don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have to compare yourself to anybody else. You are uniquely created. God created you to be you. Just like he created this little donkey to be that donkey. That's all he had to be. And God used him. The Lord had need of him. And the Lord has need of you. Just like you are. You see, one of the one of the philosophies that's going around today is this whole idea of I just want to be the, the best version of me I can be. Have you heard that? What that really means, when you, when you say that, is, there's actually a lot of versions of me. And I just want to be the best one I can be. And so you go into a, a job interview. I just want to be the best version of me that this 
HR guy wants to hear. <laughs> or the guys who ask a, a, a girl out on a date, I just want to be the best version of me that she's going to want to see. Well, ladies, let me tell you, that'll last for about six months, and then you find the real one. <laughs> you see, this idea, though, that there's these versions of you, But God created you uniquely. You don't have to be a version of you. Be the real you. Just be who God created you to be. Learn to be comfortable in that. Learn to relax in that. And you will walk out your destiny. You will, you will enter into a triumphant life. Just be you, because God has need of you. You know, another philosophy that's happening today, and it's just, boy, it seems to be rampant. And that's this, uh, this philosophy that gives up this identity crisis. It's a philosophy that... that uh, People are confused, at least they claim to be, about their identity or even their gender. Let's take a look at that psalm again. You made me. God made you. God made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. You don't have to be confused. God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make mistakes. And when you, when you say, oh, I don't know, I, I'm just confused about my identity. I'm confused about all this stuff. He says, no, I didn't make a mistake. Lord, your works are marvelous. You see, that's the unique creation. That's what he has for you is, is to know who you are, to know his works are marvelous that he knit you together. He forms you. Now, why did he do all that? Because he needs you. He needs you. He wants you to be a disciple. So what's all that about? Where does it take us? The third thing this morning that takes us to this are declarations. Declarations is part of this story, are part of this story. And on several different levels. Look at verse 20, uh, or verse 4 of chapter 21. This took place to fulfill the prophecy, to fulfill the destiny that said, 
Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Verse 6, the two disciples did as Jesus commanded. That's huge. Can I just chase a rabbit and just say that the greatest form of worship is not lifting your hands, it's not singing songs, it's the greatest form of worship is obedience. I'll let that rabbit stay right there. Verse 7. They brought the donkey and the coat to him and threw their garments over the coat and sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and all the people around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest in heaven. Look at verse 10. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And the crowd replied, It is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Long before this day, Jesus had made a declaration about this day. He had stood up in a synagogue in Nazareth, and he took the scrolls and read from the scrolls, and he declared his destiny. He made a declaration of his purpose in life. And this triumphant entry is a culmination of a life that is driven by purpose. Well, what was the declaration? We took the scrolls, and this is what he said. Out of Luke 4, chapter 18, it says, or Luke 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and the blind will see. There's that releasing again. And the oppressed will be set free. Release the burden. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That was his declaration. The triumphant entry was the culmination of a purpose-driven life. Now, the week was tough. Walking out your purpose always is. But there is a resurrection as you enter that destiny. His mom watched him walk through the week. But his mom was also at the tomb, the empty tomb. 
she saw her son reach his destiny. God calls us to this same purpose. He calls us to be disciples, to set captives free, to preach the good news to the poor. That's what he calls us to do. So we need to make some declarations. See, I want you to really get that part this morning. This is, this is really the crux of this message this morning, what the Spirit is saying to us. So everybody stand. Everybody. This is for you. We're going to make some declarations this morning. Because I don't know that you've got this. I don't know if you've got it yet. So are you ready? I want you to repeat after me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's pretty good. But now let's change it just a little bit. Because I want you to get it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Yeah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And what did he do? The Lord has anointed me. The Lord has anointed me. Yeah. Are you getting it? The Spirit of the Lord is on you. The Lord has anointed you. To do what? To set the captives free. To preach good news to the poor. That's what he has for us today. There's a world full of donkeys out there. The Lord has need of them. Go into your city. Triumphantly enter into your destiny. And set the captives free. Amen. You may be seated. Kindly, edifying, uplifting. And that's what God wants to speak to us today. Amen. Okay, let's stand and say together the statement of our faith, the uh, Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds. God of God, light of light, very God and very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men, for our salvation, came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead whose kingdoms shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified 
who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for remission of some sin, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. For all nations. Therefore, let us pray to the Father on behalf of the whole world. For the church, that she will never be ashamed of the gospel of salvation through Christ alone. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the nations, that they will come to know and do God's will and encourage the furthering of the gospel. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. For those who no longer practice their faith, that they will hear again the call of God, repent, and return to Him. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For us, that we will have the same attitude and mindset as Christ, one of humility and obedience towards God the Father. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For us gathered here at the Eucharistic table, that we will have a deeper understanding of the love of Christ which he highlighted through his passion. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the conversion of Islam and other world religions and philosophies that are in opposition to the word of God, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our own special intentions. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, you sent your Son to suffer and die for our sake, that we might rise with him in renewal of life. Hear our prayers. Give us the grace to understand your unconditional love demonstrated to us as we remember this holy week. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And with your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of God. Peace be with you. Peace. Yeah, I got him. Peace be with you. Peace. Several very special and important services that you're going to want to, if at all possible, be there for those. So Thursday, the Monday Thursday service, Good Friday, both in the there's a, a Stations of the Cross in the morning and a Veneration of the Cross at noon and Eucharist and Easter Vigil Saturday night. And so just figure out in your calendar when and how often you can be there. I want to encourage you for that. It's a, it is a Very, um, very moving liturgies this week. What else? I know we have a lot of other things coming up. Uh, Yeah, we do. Uh, Also this week, we're going to be having Holy Eucharist at noon every day. So if you'd like to attend that, feel free. 
Uh, confession, we have one more Saturday for, conf well, you can confess any time you want. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you need, if you want to go to a, a priest to uh, go to confession, 1 to uh, 2.30 p.m. this coming Saturday. Uh, praise dance, Sundays, 2 to 3.30, see Bethany Mercer for that. Uh, men's meeting this coming uh, Saturday at 9 a.m. Uh, we're going to do some cleaning up of the church and get ready for Sunday, Easter Sunday. Ladies' retreats coming up. Uh, there should be a uh, slide up there for that. Please see Katie Sampson. Um, and the money is due April 10th. Ladies' tea, see Kelly Johnson. That is coming up sometime soon. <laughs> it's right April there on the 16th. slide. April 16th. There we go. <laughs> trying to stay out of the way of that one. Um, Holy Week, sir, uh, we already said that one. Easter Vigil Baptism, we already see Father Lewis. If you're interested, if there's someone yep. who is uh, uh, wanting to get baptized, see Father Lewis, and he will get you set up for that. And finally, Easter Egg Hunt is next week as well, next Sunday. Um, and that is after, is that after church? It's Sunday school. It's Sunday school. Oh, it's Sunday school. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was after. I thought adults were invited. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they said something about $500 being in different areas. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you guys are having your Easter egg during my church. Yes, during, during the sermon. What a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> the hunt's actually going to be inside here. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, we got, we got two people here. Two people. Go ahead, Jane, come on up. Um, I just have an announcement, too, that next Sunday on Easter, we're going to have um, a photo booth, and we got a professional photographer to come take photos. So if you and your family want to, you know, get all dressed up for it, um, we're going to have someone there, and we'll have a coffee table and juice, and um, we're just really excited to be celebrating God. So hope you guys are excited, too. Amen. Amen. How about that Jane House, too? She's just got it going all the time. We're very, Jane, we're so glad you're making things happen. Uh, Amen. I, I, just, I just wanted to share during worship, I, the Lord was speaking to me that he was, <laughs> he was binding voices in our head that hold mm -hmm. us back. It was basically every single voice that Victor listed off. And so I just want you to know prophetically that, you know, in this room right now, God is binding those voices that, that basically the voices of negativity that we hear in our ears. And they're bound in this room. And when you go out of here, you're going to know that when you call on the name of Jesus, those voices are bound when you leave this room too. Amen. Those negative voices, those things that hold you back. So just prophetically receive that, that those things, those are what are bound. You're unbound, like his, service, his sermon said. But those voices, you're going to bind them. Amen. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, Christ let, us let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, but do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. 
body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It's made ready for those who love him, for those who want to love him even more. So come. If you have much faith, if you have little, if you've been here often, or if you haven't been here at all, you come because it's the Lord who invites you, and it's his will for those to come that want to meet him, to meet him right here, to come to the table this morning. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. He came among us as a man to lead mankind from darkness into the light of faith. Through Adam's fall, we were born as slaves of sin, but now, through baptism in Christ, we're reborn as your adopted children. Earth unites with heaven to sing the new song of creation as we adore and praise you forever in the unending hymn of praise. to make them holy so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted. He took bread and broke it, gave it to his disciples. He said, take ye, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup, and again he gave thanks and praise, and he gave the cup to his disciples. And he said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup, 
And we thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch Craig and all of the clergy. Remember all those who are sick and infirmed in spirit, soul, or body. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and the blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints who have gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father. We have courage when we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Therefore, let's keep the feast. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them to remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb.
sense such a uh, renewal and resurrection even in some people's life. A renewal. It's been such a amazing and special Lent season. <laughs> Eric and I were just talking about it. There's just something incredible. God is just moving and touching us here in St. Michael's. Hopefully preparing us to go the next mile to the next chapter, building the kingdom, bring more and more people in what God has given us here. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you've graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You have fed us with spiritual food of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. Do thou, O Prince and Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, Cast into hell, Satan, and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. You remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, counting men's sins against him. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you. We may be always. Amen.